Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to From A to Ten, the Marnita's Table podcast. Are we at the ball game today, Elijah? Got things on your mind? Is that what they sound like at a ball game? I don't think I've I don't, ever heard. Hey, hey, howdy, hey. Or that or a speakeasy. I don't think either of us have ever been to a ball game. <laughs> I think everyone uh, will know that now. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, what have you been thinking about this week? I've been thinking a lot about building bridges. What have you been thinking about? This is uh, me taking things a little bit literally here, but I, we actually just finished an event on a bridge uh, just the other week. We did indeed. The 38th Street Bridge over the 35W Freeway here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where our headquarters are. We were approached by Andrea Jenkins, uh, who is a very well-known and very respected local councilwoman who has actually been coming to the table for a number of years and is a big fan of the intentional social interaction model. And she came with a proposition. She said that the neighborhoods on each side of the bridge, the bridge had been closed for repair. The neighborhoods on each side of the bridge had actually intentionally been separated white from black when the freeways came through and envisioned having a giant Marnita's table on the bridge. And uh, you got the pleasure of actually facilitating that event, didn't you? Yes, I uh, yeah, I did. It was actually a great, great time. A ton of people came. Everyone we asked raised their hands when they said, have you met someone new across race, class, or culture? And for me, that uh, means a successful, intentional social interaction. Well, it's certainly one of the indicators that the, the model is working the way it's supposed to, to have ongoing catalytic action. Because building bridges is really key, and not just that bridge, which is there are a number of neighborhoods in Minneapolis. The Rondo neighborhood is one. North Minneapolis is another. Yep. Where black communities, and, and many people aren't aware. They're not, a lot of people think that people just want to be segregated. They want to live apart. That's their choice. That's their preference. Ghettos are made because people want to live in the ghetto. Right. And and even if it's not the ghetto, I mean, Baldwin yeah. Hills in L.A. is not a ghetto. You know, it's a Fair. it's the Black Beverly Hills, as I used to say when I lived near there. You know, I just want to make sure that we don't always act as though black people only live in the ghetto or the inner city, you know, in Atlanta, in Detroit, in chocolate cities, mm-hmm. as we are wont to call them. Um, and L.A. is not a chocolate city, but it has Baldwin Hills, which is a very upscale neighborhood. But one thing that a lot of people don't know about L.A., and this kind of indicates the way that we think about the construct of neighborhoods and the construct that it, an artificial demarcation. And in L.A. It's all fake. It's all fake. It's all a construct. In L.A., you know, I'm sure you've heard of Rodeo Drive. I have. I've watched quite a bit of a 90210 in my life. And and, and actually, I, I think I'm sure you've walked on it at some point because you've been to L.A. But um, a lot of people don't know this, where it starts in Baldwin Hills. It's called Rodeo Drive. And as you go north on it into Beverly Hills, it changes to Rodeo Drive. You're it kidding is, me. It is the same street. There's not. It's they not a different They literally made it sound high tone. Exactly. High tone, exactly. And so this idea about bridges in general, that all over the country, when the highway system went in, they they segregated intentionally neighborhoods. And I think often people get the idea that, that many people who are different or others or whether they're immigrant, whether they are, you know, I consider myself black in the United States, but in fact, I'm Danish Dominican. So I'm Latinx, I'm indigenous, I'm African and Danish. That and Danish. And Danish, which is and just literally, it's like a, it's a whole buffet with a Danish on it. Exactly. 
that it just people keep, well, we want to separate out we want to be with people like us and what is people like us and i these so often are artificial constructs that were actually created by the government they weren't they didn't just spring up because people wanted to live that way but in fact there was billions of dollar of concrete and tons of building materials that help build barriers so that people couldn't connect with each other. And committee meetings and explicit decisions made to label one neighborhood good, one neighborhood bad, label one neighborhood literally by like color lines pretty 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 directly right and so those were constructed so why wouldn't we have to intentionally deconstruct them that that is actually our work it's our work here at the table with intentional social interaction and it is the work that we were doing on the 38th street bridge and it's work that needs to be done all over the country um, did you see that? I know you've spent some time in Providence, Rhode Island. I know you spent some time in Boston, other parts of the country you've been in, Elijah. Yeah, I mean, uh, at Brown, where I went, literally, Brown is a, on a college hill. It is a, literally a hill with another very expensive university on it, RISD, that is then separated by bridge from uh, urban downtown Providence, which is, of course, more of color, more... Uh, lower class, etc. <laughs> this is a recurring, this is literally, this is what America is built on. Right. And so what does it look like to build bridges, to literally build bridges across difference, to find common ground and to build more healthy, wholesome, unified communities? And I think that is the task before us right now. I think that it's proven that hyper-competitiveness um, with your neighbors is not nearly as effective as collaboration with your neighbor. And that's why sometimes you just got to get on a bridge and uh, meet your neighbor. And break some bread. So, Elijah, are there any spaces where you feel really comfortable or where you feel welcome to eat and to have a good conversation when you're meeting people across difference? This is going to be a little bit weird. But there's uh, actually this arcade in Uptown, and usually I'm not much of a a gaming person with others. I play single-player games because I am not a good loser for various reasons. I'm working on it. Therapy is great. Thanks, community. But uh, there is this arcade that everyone comes together to absolutely try to wreck each other at Super Smash Bros. And it is so weirdly diverse. It I'm playing against some like 40-year-old white dude. And then there's like some like 21-year-old white girl next to me. And we're like arguing about Pokeballs and who's going to win. And honestly, it is the most welcoming space I have ever been to in my life. That sounds amazing. So you're talking about neutral space. And neutral space is really about feeling good and feeling welcome, no matter how poor or how rich you are. It is about having a space where the community can come together. We're out right now a lot in rural Minnesota and suburban Minnesota, and there are virtually no spaces that aren't owned by somebody And I will say that when we go into some of those spaces, the only community spaces are churches. And we use a church here in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, called St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church. Shout out to St. Mary's, you real ones. But one of the things that makes St. Mary's so welcoming is they don't proselytize. They're not trying to get people, if you're kind of not Greek, 
they, you know, they're, they're, so <laughs> they're really it, uh, orthodox about the Greek thing. And actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? And the fact is, Jews are kind of that way. You know, they're not at, mm-hmm. they're not asking you to be a Jew. So some of their community centers can Unless be they propose maybe. But that's, that's a story for another day. That's <laughs> a story for another day. And so this notion of space that is completely neutral, that is welcoming for all people and a, a container so that people can come together and actually have a common conversation about what they want their community to look like and live like. And so I was really inspired by the bridge because it struck me as a new conception of neutral space. It's a world between world. It was actually... Is that, an, a, is that, a, is that a Narnia reference I'm it hearing? It is a Narnia reference. I am. Um, you definitely made me read those as a child. I did enjoy them. You didn't make me read them. I apologize. Let's <laughs> see how you're looking at me right now. You like them. But yes, it was like a world between worlds. And I think that that goes back to that construct again, that that separation and segregation was a formalized construct. And so even the metaphor of a bridge, you know, we say we bridge gaps across difference. It is indeed on a lot of our, <laughs> I think it's in my email signature. Right. It's, it's our tagline. And so if we are going to bridge gaps across difference, why not on a bridge? Why not in a space where everybody truly feels equal and welcome? Especially on a space direct, literally directly above a, a structure that was specifically designed to make the spaces uh, colonized, essentially. To make them unequal, to make them separate, to segregate them. Right. To be on a literal bridge that is literally directly above that construct. So our listeners probably wonder what other spaces are good neutral spaces. Churches that don't proselytize are often great. So first Unitarian churches, those kinds of churches are normally pretty good. Right. In 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 with weather permitting, bridges and parks and neighborhoods are often good. <gasps> weather is uh, sometimes permitting in Minnesota for <laughs> a few months of the year. <laughs> Unless there's a thunderstorm coming in. But having to find neutral space. So if you are an organization or an entity that's wanting to welcome a lot of people we recommend going to a space that is the welcoming to the most number of people. Public schools are often really good spaces. They're often wheelchair accessible. I've really become more and more aware of being other abled. You know, um, I've had some injuries and things and really having to navigate with crutches or and having to navigate up a walkway. You know, how many homes and things aren't very welcoming? So especially places where people have to enter through the back door and take like a special right. like, extra route um, can make people feel really Right. Like, this is not the space for them. They don't feel really welcome. They feel, especially when they, they have to ask someone to come and get them. Right. Um, it's not even, there's not even signage for it. Um, right. And this is special. This is common even in some spaces that would otherwise be right. neutral spaces. Actually, interestingly enough, we did an event um, for an organization called Reclaim, um, which is an LGBTQ plus organization. And it was the last event that we hosted in our home. We had over 14,000 people at Marnita's table when it was still operating in our living room. And the last one we did was a number of youth who came who were transgender and had some anxiety and other other challenges said that because, you know, our neighborhood is not very welcoming in terms of buses. It's very hard to get in and out. And I stood up in that room and I said, tonight is the last night we're going to host an event in our home. Our, our stair steps, we only have one bathroom. You have to go up steps to get to the bathroom. To be mindful of that. What does that even look like? And so... Really, mind- so really sometimes it's just about admitting that a space isn't going to be suitable. Uh, isn't going to be suitable for everybody in that... Uh, it- 
It's you should, worth you the should, effort. It's worth the effort, and you should lean into choosing a new space or finding a new space if possible instead instead of telling people to just deal with it because that's you're not gonna you're not gonna get anything from them and I don't mean in an extraction way extractionary way I mean in a they're not gonna feel like they're not gonna be having fun they're not gonna be participating as themselves you're not gonna you're not even not you're not gonna not get anything from them you're not gonna get them because they won't be there either literally or they won't be there in their heads exactly so neutral space really helps to promote and underscore our second foundation authentic welcome it's been really fun talking to you today elijah (laughs) you as well marnita let's go build some bridges (laughs) 